Hello, everybody. Episode 11 of To The Rink Podcast. Puff, how are you? Pretty good, pretty good. We're pumping these out pretty good now. People oh, don't sure. believe. I've had our people going, you're doing two a week? Two a week. Oh, we're getting two a week but we've, The idea was like, we'll record it all at once and just split it. But so far, that hasn't worked out. No, it never does. No, because that was with the assumption that every one of our guests would work on our schedule. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, Apparently, they have lives. So. so, stuff. We appreciate it. Thank yes. you for doing it. Um so yeah, so was uh, we got a great interview today. Today's guest is DCR Dan Cote Rosen, VP of Marketing for the Edmonton Oilers, also known as the OEGSE yep. Group. Uh, he's been there for over seven years. He's a dear friend of mine. He's a great brand marketer, great st- brand strategy, great generalist. Really, he's a practitioner of making brands like work and and hum. In fact, I'm wearing this hat if you're watching us on Instagram. Um, and this is a, a company he started called Flat Boy yes. Burgers. So if you're out in Edmonton way and you feel like a smash burger, he, he created that over COVID and has now got some great business partners out there running that as well. So a little pump for the uh, Flat Boy Burgers as well. But great conversation with Dan. But before we get to that, Puff, we were at the rinks. Uh, last night I had yes. a game with Ozzy. We were playing Forest Hill. I said in the last podcast, they have quite the organization. I have to tell you. They showed up. They they are a good organization. They're ready to go. Oh man, there is uh yeah, there was really no stopping them once they got their momentum going. The stamina uh and the play was really good. And you know, we played up at the arena, Larry Grossman Arena, which I was able to do a little research, as you know, I oh, like yeah, to do. So next week, next episode, who is Larry Grossman? Who is Let's he? Let's find out. I will share what I can get, which is now so far a Wikipedia lookup and yeah. a visit to the arena. Um, so there you go. But it was a, it was a tough night for the uh, thunder. We started strong. We actually held our ground for the first period and a half, and then we got a goal and then you can just, you know, when that happens sometimes, and on top of it, the game started at nine 40 at night, nine 40 PM. And so they were late. Like I watched the first, you know, I had a nap before the game, watched the beginning of the Leafs (laughs) game and then went to the game, you know? So it was quite, it was late. Uh, and so as soon as they got the goal, you could just feel it. They just had a bit more in the tank than we did. And, uh, you know, we ended up losing the game, but really great, uh, great match and a good team. And that Forest Hill organization looks like 2023, 2024 might be their season. Yeah, they are humming. They, uh, at the, uh, Austin's age, U12, they thumped us a couple weeks ago and they, Barrett's yeah. team at U14 always has great games against Forest Hill. They, they're, uh, they're always strong. Yeah, Barrett, Barrett and Austin's teams were playing last night. We had our classic doubleheader at uh, Scarborough Centennial. Yep. One loss, one win. But uh, Barrett's team especially, we're pretty depleted. We've got some injuries going, some uh, uh, sicknesses. So we're just trying to hang in? through this tough week. Yeah, I told Tanya, if you need me behind that bench, I'm, I'm ready yeah. to go. Or I could ready. play. I guess, Yeah, I was just saying. Yeah. Pretty much yeah, just I'm the same size as some of the kids now. Yeah, I know. They are big. So... Yeah, well, busy week of sports. Yeah, and we got a busy weekend ahead of us. Uh, This will drop right after the weekend, but, you know, we have – we were supposed to be away at a tournament, so instead we have filled that time with practices. So we have a lot of practices, and I'm going to go see the Argos on Saturday. So (laughs) it should be a good weekend. Oh, nice. Um, So with that, let's get to our interview. Yeah, let's see. We'll see. I hope they've won and they're on their way to the Great Cup. Um, So with that, again, let's uh, go to our interview where we have Dan Cote-Rosen, a.k.a. DCR, VP of Marketing with the Edmonton Oilers, OEGSE Group, all the way from Edmonton joining us today. So here we are with our interview with Dan. 
Okay, everybody, welcome our guest, Dan Cote-Rosen, also known as DCR, the Abe Froman of Smashburgers out in Edmonton there. He is the VP of Marketing for the Oilers, yes. also known as the OEGSE Group. And uh, he's taken some time to join us today to talk about the about hockey, about working for an NHL team, about seeing the back office and all those great things. So welcome, Dan. Thank you so much for having me. Pleasure to be here, guys. So... To start off, I was telling a couple of people you were coming on that don't know you. I just said, I know the VP of marketing from the Oilers and is coming on. And they all had sort of a general first question. It's like, how do you get such a cool job in hockey and arguably a role that many, many people are trying to go after? How did you end up there? Uh, you know, I, I um, was very interested in sports as a kid, played sports. And um, as my university career was winding down, it became pretty apparent that playing professional sports was not going to be an option for me. I was, I believe I was on the CFL draft list, list in 2000. And for some reason, nobody knocked on the door. They didn't want a slow and soft hitting <laughs> defensive back from a bad football program at McGill. But um, I, I actually got into, you know, I, I, I became uh, really passionate about marketing uh, and grant. I know we share a similar background and uh, I got into beverage alcohol marketing and was in that industry for 13 years in, in Toronto. Um, and an opportunity came up here in Edmonton. I was approached by a recruiter for a role as director, director of brand equity uh, with the others entertainment group. And, um, you know, I thought it, it wasn't necessarily, where I had always dreamed of moving, but I thought, you know, brand new arena opening here. Right. And um, the Oilers had just, uh, that was after Connor's first season. So right. Connor and Leon were forming a nucleus of a really exciting young team. And I thought, why not? What what, a, what an exciting opportunity. Um, and, you know, my thoughts about Edmonton have certainly changed after living here for seven and a half years. It's a, an amazing city. And uh, we have a beautiful building here, great team, and I've had a few different roles with the organization. And um, so a, a lot of luck. I think a lot of it was just having the experience to allow them to approach me in the first place. Cool. Um, but certainly a, a radical change from anything I'd ever done before. And I, I don't think I ever could have prepared myself for what this industry is like. It's, it's uh, pretty intense, but uh, the perks are incredible. Can you uh, share what it's like to be in the guts and like behind the scenes of such an iconic hockey organization? Absolutely, John. Um, you know, I think one of the things that blew me away when I first started was what goes into putting on an NHL game. You know, it's it's like a miniature version of the Oscars broadcast that you're doing uh, 41 times a year, plus playoffs, plus preseason. Um, you know, we have probably 150 freelancers that come in for each one of those games. In addition to our full-time staff, our control room looks, you know, not unlike a NASA control room, just the amount of people we have in there, the number of screens, the number of switches. And it's one of those places where if you go in during a game and you just even pretend to touch a button, people will freak out. Uh, don't, don't do that. You're speaking like maybe you've done that joke. <laughs> well, uh, you know, our sense of humor, uh, but no, it's it's a it's just such an um, a all-consuming production, um, you know. And uh, we were joking around before we started recording, but obviously we haven't come out of the gate like we would have hoped to. There's a lot of expectations on this team, and and you feel it. There's there's a lot of um, 
tension and, uh, you know, just a lot of expectations that we want to meet, obviously, that the fans are expecting. Um, uh, the other thing I would say, you know, versus traditional marketing, um, when you're a uh, working on a brand, there's a lot of different levers you can pull if the brand is struggling. You know, maybe it's a packaging refresh, maybe it's a pricing shift, um, it might be a new ad campaign. Um, when you're working in marketing uh, for a professional sports team, the, at the end of the day, the product is a product. We have an incredible hockey operation staff that they're responsible for the product on the ice. And at the end of the day, the coaches coach and the players play. Right. Um, so we can only do what we can do. We can influence, uh, you know, what our campaigns look like. Um, but we have to just be, you know, kind of symbiotic with the hockey ops team and know that at the end of the day, the, the product is not something that is in our control. So right. we have to do everything we can to make sure that the equity of the team is as strong as possible. We have incredibly loyal fans here in Edmonton. Um, you never want to feel like you're taking them for granted, you know, and it's it's important that we do everything we can as an organization to show that we value all their you know money they spend on, on tickets, on jerseys, et cetera. So um, it's very, very different, but um, a very challenging and, and fun uh, opportunity. Right Coming from like the Toronto area, were you surprised about how passionate uh, um, fans are about the Oilers out in Edmonton? I, I was. I was. It's a great question. Um, at the end of the day, this is really like the, it's a one-team town, and you know, and in Toronto, obviously, hockey is first. But you've got the Blue Jays, you've got the Raptors, um, and in Edmonton, Oilers is a religion, and you've got people from across the political spectrum that live here. The Oilers are such a uniting force, you know, and it doesn't really matter what your political beliefs are or what walk of life you come from. The Oilers are something that kind of unites everyone in the city. And um, I remember the second or third day I was here, we decided to cancel. There used to be an Oilers cheerleading team called the Octane, um, which is a little strange. You know, they had like knee-high white vinyl boots and they would dance in the stands um, at the old arena at Rexall Coliseum. Uh, and we decided that, you know, that team was not going to move forward. Uh, and I remember it being on the second or third page of the newspaper the next day. And it was, you know, led the six o'clock news that night. And I think that's when I realized how important this team is to the city and how much each sometimes even small decision hmm. will have implications and reverberate around the city. So um, I learned pretty quickly yeah. that uh, hockey is very important here. So with that being said, and knowing that story, like how do you manage the fans expectations knowing that it is pretty much a one team town, pretty much everyone's involved, no matter what, everyone, yeah. how are you managing that? You know, the weight of all the fans on your shoulders every, every day. Well, you know, on, on the ice, obviously, we can't control that, and fans are looking for um, effort. This is, uh, you know, a working-class town. People work really hard for their money here, and they want to make sure that players are earning their money as well. On our side, um, we try to do as much as we can in the community just to make sure that that um, we're giving back. We've got an incredible foundation uh, as part of our organization. Uh, I think we've donated over $23 million in the last year uh, back to the yeah. community. Um, that's in the back of our 50-50, which is, you know, the largest in pro sports, and that generates I've a ton of money for the community. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I haven't won yet, but participated uh, in it. I, I'm not eligible, uh, no. but I'd, I'd love to see a friend come out here and, and win it. Yeah. Um, 
we we did a full team autograph session at West Edmonton Mall on October 12th, just after the season started. Uh, and those the events like that are great just to get the guys out into the community and see how, what an incredible impact they make on, you know, the fans. Um, we, we do, we try to do it as much as we can during the season to, you know, outside the rink and just extend our brand. Um, I'll give you guys a quick example. Sorry if I'm rambling a little bit. Um, we were out in yeah. Vermillion. Uh, so it's a small town, uh, home of Becky Scott, actually, about two hours east of Edmonton. Uh, every We started this program last year called Celebrating Oil Country, where we'll have, uh, it's, the game was on Saturday, this past Saturday we played Nashville. Um, and we celebrate a small town within oil country. Um, so a few days before that, we all went out there. We brought our mascot. We brought our orange and blue ice crew. We brought a couple of alumni Kevin Lowe and Laddie Schmid, um, and we interacted with the town. It was an amazing day. We had um, a bunch of school visits. We did a, a free skate with the Minor Hockey Association. Um, we went to the college out there. We went to the Vermilion Tigers Junior B game. Uh, just an amazing day. And then on Saturday, we had about 450 people from Vermilion here at the game. They were all on the ice afterwards for a great like, kind of town photo. Um, so it's things like that that really remind you, despite what's happening on the ice, how important the team is to this community, to oil country, and um, giving back in ways like that and interacting with the community in ways like that, I think, goes a long way and helps us keep the relationship between the fans and the team strong, even if things aren't going well on the ice. Right. Nice. That's great. That's uh, uh, awesome. So more specifically on the, on your marketing plans as you're putting plans together for the year and you're looking at, you know, your budget and you're looking at like where to put things, um, the youth hockey program in particular, I know the communities, but getting right into like youth, youth hockey programs, either in Edmonton area. I don't know if they let you pass red deer, if you're trying to get the Calgary fans in there, but that's the cutoff. That's the cutoff red deer. Good donuts there. Red deer, we see the things. Red deer, everything north. That's all country. That's your territory. That's right. uh, Yeah. Um, Perfect. So, how uh, is there a youth uh, like a GTHL of Edmonton that you get involved with with the Oilers group there? There's hockey is is a little uh, it's a little different. In um, we have associations and there's just kind of there's you know roughly the same but the way that hockey is structured is a little bit different we actually have a junior oilers program um, that we sponsor so that goes all the way up to u18 Um, so that's kind of our our primary hockey association that we're aligned with obviously Um, but we run Oilers hockey camps i know uh you guys had greg shell on recently so we run a really similar program here in uh, in edmonton at the arena we run a hockey school throughout the summer and we've got different um, groupings, you know, we've got uh, all female camps, we've got co-ed camps, um, and we run a lot of first shift programs as well. Just learning, uh, learn to learn to play programs. Um, we've got a great partnership with Bauer and through the NHL as well. So uh, we get a lot of equipment out into the community. Um, another organization that I'm involved with that the others are involved with as well. It's called Sports Central. Um, that collects a ton of equipment. It, it is such a big hockey town. And as right. you guys both know, as hockey dads, uh, kids grow out of equipment so quickly. So oh, yeah. trying to yeah. get that equipment back out into the community, especially to new Canadians that are wanting to immerse themselves, uh, you know, in the city and right. learning about their new culture. Um, we do a lot of, uh, kind of hockey programs for new Canadians and we get that 
equipment back out to them. So, um, you know, the families aren't faced with really steep kind of entry costs into to getting to that. That's, that's where we're, you know, I think like most teams were most interested in just reducing the barriers because as you guys know, there are a lot of barriers to hockey, whether those registration fees or um, equipment fees, um, and just even learning how to play the, the intimidation of not knowing how to put on equipment, all that stuff really, really adds up. So we're just trying to make it as inclusive as possible. Awesome. Uh, so Dan, what's the favorite part of your job? Uh, the favorite part of my job would be, you know, on a Saturday night here at the arena and, you know, we're just, we're just finishing off a win and just feeling the energy in the city. There's nowhere else you'd rather be, uh, you know, when the team's playing well and, um, Playoffs, especially the last few years, have been incredible. Um, just seeing how the city congregates. We've got a big plaza out in front of the arena. And I'm sure you guys have seen it on TV during games. Even you know, we'll, during away games, we'll have up to 30,000 people you know, at our facilities between a watch party inside and then our plaza and our fan park. Um, yeah. And it's just, it's just amazing to see. It's crazy. Um, the amount of people we have for road games even um yeah. so so it's just uh just and just to be a small part of that and to soak in that energy you know you, you get home from work and you can't fall asleep for two hours because you're right. still riding that that high and so um when when the team is playing well when things are going well here uh, there's just you know there's not a not a better place to be i don't think in in the city for sure maybe maybe in canada i, I always say you know, when, when we're winning, I've got the easiest job in the city and yeah. when we're losing, it's maybe the toughest job. So yeah. uh, I've got a little, I've got a list of things I need to do. <laughs> but, yeah. You kind of live um, and die with the team. It feels like, you know, that emotional ride with the highs and the lows for sure. Yeah. And are you at every game? Yes. Home game, every home yes. game. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Good. Now, now, Dan, over the years, the Oilers have changed their jerseys, different logos and stuff. And the, the iconic one's the one that's on your chest right now. Is yes. there like, are you, I mean, jersey sales, you're always trying to get new stuff, new product out there. Is there pressure to sort of try to find something new that works or is it you want to always kind of stay true to your core, core logo and values? We went back to, it's a great question, Puff. We went back to this, um, these colors, uh, the beginning of last season. Um, we've had, you know, some experimentation. I won't comment too much on some of the past jerseys that we've run through in the last few years, but I'm very much a, a traditionalist. I think that this is a pretty iconic logo, and um, we want to be respectful of that. We've got intention to keep our current royal home and white away as as is for the next few years. The, the NHL third jersey program, though, is great. It gives you an opportunity to kind of, like, cycle in and out some different looks. Um the NHL is moving to a new partnership with Fanatics for as the official jersey supplier beginning next season. Uh, okay. So we had a great meeting with them last week. We're looking forward to you know exploring some some different potential options for our third jersey. Um, but we're going to try to keep the home in a way uh, as to the rink jersey. Yeah, yes. Maybe just throwing it out there. Let's <laughs> we'll get no? Fanatics involved. Yeah, we got to get as, as a so just, GTHL just podcast. Be, just yeah, just to be clear, right. yes. So. Yeah. I, to the ring GTHL podcast you're suggesting would be the official Edmonton's third jersey. <laughs> We're workshopping it. We <laughs> just do to be workshop clear. a lot of things. Okay. We workshop a lot of things. We'll we'll yeah. see where it lands. Um, I mean, we could do a design. See how it looks. <laughs> we'll see. We'll, you know, who knows? Uh, uh, so you know, there's a lot of parents that listen to our podcast.
podcast, a lot of, uh, you know, the kids, you 15, you 16, they're thinking about moving on. So what moving into their careers, moving into like, you know, the next phase and looking yeah. at jobs and looking up to people like you. And so what advice would you give to anyone who's willing to listen about trying to get a career in sports that maybe isn't being on the rink or on the field, you know? I mean, there, there are so many opportunities and it doesn't matter where you live, um, what team you might want to work for. Uh, there's opportunities to volunteer. There's always opportunities. You know, we're always hiring um, event staff. Even there, there's, you might not think it, but if, if it's a passion of yours to work in sports, um, you could honestly get a job working concessions at Scotiabank Arena. And you're going to eventually, if you do a great job and you make yourself stand out, you're going to eventually be in contact with people that work in other departments and people that work with people in other departments. And those opportunities are going to become more and more forthcoming. Um, events team here at Rogers Place is a great way you know, to get involved. We have so many people that have started as part-time event staff that are now working in our office full-time. Um, so there's there's always opportunities, whether it's working you know, at a part-time job within the environment of the arena or volunteering um, working at hockey school, whatever it is, right. um, just to get yourself known. I think one one thing we forget about so much these days is just like effort and passion and enthusiasm. And if someone comes in and just really, really works hard and is clearly enjoying what they're doing and they've got some common sense and they show up on time and they're fun to work with, it's not that challenging to you know make yourself right. known and those opportunities will present themselves if you just give yourself that chance by working really hard and, and putting yourself in the right place so right. find a job in the environment in that universe yeah. uh, and just you know excel at it and it's amazing the doors that'll open up yeah no that's true that's good advice i think that's really good counsel so you know luck in those kinds of opportunities favor effort really and, you know, getting yourself around it and standing really close to it as close as you can right so no, there's there's that old joke about the guy praying to god about you know, letting him win the lottery and god's like well you know and he said complains because he hasn't won the lottery he's like well you got to help me out you got to at least buy a ticket <laughs> you know like, <laughs> right 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 so you're not you gotta, gotta try put yourself in the, you gotta put yourself in, in the situations to, to have that luck find you all right. Well, speaking of situations, we're going to put you in one because we have a quiz for you. We have a quiz question. Yes. And now, how many wanna... questions is this quiz? Just one. One question. Oh, okay. Okay. One question. Puffy has the answers ready, but it's an obscure question or it's an obscure, like, yeah, question, basically. So we don't know if you'll know, but let's see. There are seven current Edmonton Oilers, including McDavid, so six others, that played in the GTHL. Do you know? Oh, okay. Do you okay. know who they are? Okay. Um, okay. So McDavid's one. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Warren Fogle. Two. Yep. Um, he played for the uh, Young Nats. Nats. Okay. And I didn't he play for the York Region Express with McDavid when he was like 11, 12? I think, I think they did. Like most of the kids, most of these kids did actually play outside the G two, but um, they always come to the G for the right. Of course, here. eventually. Eventually, okay. Um, let's. Okay, well, no, no goaltenders. I know that for sure. Um, You're correct. Okay. Uh, did Darnell play? He did. Old... Don Mills okay. Flyers. Okay. Okay. So that's oh, he was three. a Flyer. Yeah, he played for the Don Mills Flyers. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Cody Cece's from Ottawa. Okay. Uh, Colin Kulak. Evan Bouchard? No, he did not. Oh. 
okay. he played in Oakville. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, let's move up to the forward grouping. Um, I think I'm anyway on defense. Uh, Connor Brown. Yes, he did. Toronto Marlboros. Okay. I think he actually okay. played with McDavid. Okay. So what do we have? Is it four there. That's five. There's four. four yeah. Okay. Um, Sam Gagne is from London, so. But he did I, play in the he did? Okay, okay. Yeah, he did. Who did he play for? He played for the Marlboros as well. I got that team just stacked. Eh? Okay. okay, so we're at five, two more. Okay, I can yep, do this. Two more. I, do this. I, I know this is a very compelling, <laughs> very compelling podcast content yeah. right now. Yeah. Me going, me going like, uh. Um, all right, let's see. Um, Ryan McLeod? Yes, he did. He played for the, he was uh, on the Toronto Marlboros as well. Jeez, the oh. Marlboros program. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. I'll, one more guy. In, in the interest of time, I'll uh, I'll, I'll see this last one. I'll, I'll take that's pretty good. Out. Six out of seven, Puff. Who was yeah. seven? Uh, Zach Hyman. Oh, of course. Of course. Toronto Red Wing. Yeah. Red Wing. Maybe the most. Maybe one of the more famous of them. His dad, yes. I think, run the ran the team. Oh really? Yeah. Nice. Well, there you go, Dan. That was pretty. pretty that was pretty good. Six out of seven. Uh, that, right? I should have got Hyman, but yeah, good, that's a lot question. of uh, a lot of Oilers. You know well, how many I got? Alumni was zero, yeah. so that's fine, Dan. <laughs> not even McDavid. Not even McDavid. No, Puppy was like, I'm going to ask about the GTHL guys. How many played on? I'm like, okay, I know zero. Did you say like Wayne Gretzky? <laughs> yeah, it's a Grant Fuhrer. No, 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 did not. Just like I his mean first that name. that yeah. like going back to our childhoods, Grant. I remember like Grant Fuhrer was a pretty important guy for you because he was one of the only famous only Grants. Grants that yeah. existed in our universe. And that's it. It was him and me. Yeah, and then there's like uh, what's the other? There's an actor like, Grant. Something. Ulysses S. Grant. Yeah, sure. The US yeah, Civil yeah, War that's general. a good one. <laughs> oh, sure. <Yeah>. All right. <laughs> Uh, so, Dan, big thing we do at the uh, uh, most podcasts, we talk about a pump-up song. Yeah. Um, so uh, what's your pump-up song uh, heading to the rink before Big Oilers game? Um, I've got two. i got two for you guys, if that's okay. Perfect. Yeah. So, one, um, you know, I, Grant and I have seen this band quite a few times together. We love them. I'd have to say uh, Knocking at the Door by Derek Kells. Okay. Um, and just like if you want a real good one that just like gets you going just as you're pulling in obviously I don't play for the team I have I will never play an NHL game but there's not not a song I like more kind of driving underneath the arena to park uh, than Trophies by Lil Wayne oh, nice. uh, and Drake that's a, that's a that's a great one for me yeah. love those two songs awesome yeah, two good series yeah well Dan that's our time. We appreciate it. I know you got to run back to to work and uh, and gotta uh, drop some defensive it. schemes here. Yeah, yes, but it was really uh, really great for you to join us. We really appreciate it, uh, everybody. This is Dan Cote Rosen from the OEG Group, VP of Marketing, overseeing all things that are going on with the Oilers. Uh, and you know, best of luck for the rest of the season, Dan. And thanks again for joining us. Well, thank you guys so much for having me. It was a pleasure, and uh, congrats on this podcast. It's it's fantastic. So thank thanks you very for much. Cheers, thanks. Good luck to the Oilers. Thanks, guys. Okay, that was Dan uh, DCR from Edmonton. Great dude. Uh, mm-hmm. That team, hopefully, One they the get it going. Dan needs some uh, support on the ice. Let's go. We yeah. need that. Um, but a lot of good insight from uh, from Dan about uh, what it's like to work in uh, 
sports marketing and just the sports team behind the scenes. So that's pretty, uh, pretty good stuff. And coming from a, you know, someone who's worked on brands that people know it's, it's hard too, because, you know, the brand is very, you know, in some ways precious and means a lot to someone and working on a brand like that, you know, you really got to be thoughtful and really got to make sure you're making the right choice, measure twice and cut once sort of mentality when you're doing the plans for that, because it is such an important brand, not only in the NHL, but for the community there. So Dan has a lot of work there and uh, he does a great job. He's been there over seven years. So yeah, again, good job on Dan. I just want to say like with the GTHL, there's a lot of iconic brands in our, in our league too. That's and, true. uh, you know, when you're, whether you're coaching or you're playing or you're parent, you're representing those brands. So it's always good yeah. to be, uh, putting your best foot forward and, uh, and knowing somebody's watching somewhere. The Diet Park Stranglers brand, for instance. Yeah, that, 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 that yeah. Brand. We're, we're working on the logo. <laughs> so again, workshop and we workshop a lot, as I've mentioned on this, uh, pod here. So yeah. with that, yeah. uh, Puffy, uh, hopefully you have a great start to the week next week. Uh, we've got games well. all week. Best of luck to everyone who's playing over the weekend, who's got games going on. We, we're heading into week six. We'll be back next week with the rankings and another guest. So from there on out, thanks for joining to the rink podcast. Thanks stuff for all the work behind the scenes to make this happen. Subscribe where you, you can listen, share all those great things. We love it. Thanks uh, very much for listening. Have a great day.